I do appreciate you coming back one final um, week to finish up our study. Um, I just It just wasn't going to happen in three weeks, and so I'm glad that you came back and we can finish up today. If you are, uh, if you want these more copies of this, you can go online and get those copies, uh, download those of the workbook. And I think there might be a couple of copies left um, out on the counter or in the book nook if you uh, need those as well. Also, before we leave today, and I'll mention this, uh, if you are interested in being a part of a formal mentoring ministry here at Kelty's. Uh, I would like for you to, to sign up for that. And then all of the ladies who sign up, I will have a uh, just a brief meeting with you to kind of go over some of the guidelines and how this is going to work. We're going to kind of change things up from what we've done in the past. And um, in the past, if a woman was interested, a young lady was interested in, in having a mentor, she could go online and fill out an application. It would come to me, and then I would kind of distribute those among those ladies who were mentoring. But I think we're going to make a, some changes in that and kind of take me out of the picture. And the ladies who are interested in being a part of the ministry will, ha- on our website, on our women's ministry page, We'll have pictures of the ladies who would who are mentors and just a little short little bio uh, about you. And uh, so if, if someone is interested in having a mentor, they can go online and see who the ladies are that are the mentors. And then you'll have some be able to contact that. Uh, she'll be able to contact that lady herself. And then you can set up the times that you want to meet and get started. If you are full and you're already mentoring someone or you can't, then we'll indicate that on the website that you're full. But then um, when when you're finished and you're open again, then we can go back and change that on the website. So only thing you'll need to do uh, for me is just to let me know uh, if you are available or not. And if you are, then that will be indicated on the website. And if you're not, we'll indicate that as well. So I think that'll be a better way to go about it. And that way I won't have to kind of, you know, orchestrate all of these things. And uh, so if before you leave today, I'll, I'll remind you, if you're interested in being a part of that ministry, uh, then I'll have you sign up and then we'll just kind of have a meeting and then we'll get all your photos and get all of that put on the website so that we can get started with that. So I'm excited. I really am. And there are so many of our young ladies who uh, are desirous uh, to have a mentor. And, um, you know, we were, we had some momentum going, but with COVID that sort of just, uh, we just had to kind of stop and uh, but hopefully we can get it going again and I think this will be a better way to go about it so all right well we're going to go ahead and get started and today we're going to be starting with week 11 
And remember, always remember that you're going to start each one of your sessions by going over the homework and uh, reviewing your memory work. And at this point, at week 11, uh, your disciples should have uh, their, mem- their memory work just about completed. So if they're, if they're learning to share the gospel, they should be pretty proficient at this time of doing that. If they're memorizing a passage, uh, then you should be just about finishing up with that. So... Uh, you know, so make sure you're staying on track so that you will be able to uh, finish on time. All right. Um, on week 11, you will be teaching what the scripture says in regarding um, in regards to being a keeper of the home and uh, to be kind. So to tell you the truth, um, this is probably not a very popular topic, but um, we're going to talk about it. Uh, the question always comes up, uh, is it biblical for a Christian woman to work outside the home? There are some who are very dogmatic and believe that it is sinful for a Christian woman, regardless of her age or the circumstances, to work outside the home, that her job is to uh, take care of the home and, and, so, and not work outside the home. However, I believe uh, that God is more concerned with our heart. And uh, he is more concerned with the desires of our heart than he is to conform to some absolute rule or legalism. And uh, the point is that the woman's heart should be to serve her family to serve her family. Uh, So if a woman's heart is pure and her motivation is to serve her family and to be glorifying to God, then I don't think that we need to be so dogmatic uh, about working outside of the home. So uh, let's just take a little look, uh, a little closer look at this uh, topic. Worker um, at home. Uh, in the Greek, this is a compound word, and I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but it just, uh, the first part of that word means uh, family. The second part of the word uh, means to work. So you are to be a worker for your family. Um, Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, gives us a biography of what an excellent wife or an excellent woman looks like. So we're going to use Proverbs 31 as an example for us. And so if you will turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31, and I would encourage you with your disciple to go through this passage uh, with them. Proverbs 31 says, A wife of noble character who can find, she is worth far more than rubies. In other words, she is of an exceptional worth. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She's trustworthy. Her husband can trust her. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. In other words, she takes care of her, of her family, of her home. She provides food for her family. She gets up early so that she can start her day and... Uh, be able to have time to take care of all the all of the needs of her family. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it out of the earnings. She plants a vineyard. 
She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. Well, we see from these passages that she's very industrious. And she is working outside the home. If she purchases a vineyard, she uh, tends that vineyard, and then she sells and barters for uh, the uh, grapes that she grows. And so in verse 19, in her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. In other words, she's generous to others. Verse 21, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. When it snows, I think she's referring there to storms, the storms that come in life. She's anticipating those storms, and she's anticipating the needs of her family for that time. 23, her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. Again, we see she's industrious. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. King James says that she speaks with wisdom and kind instruction is on her tongue. So uh, we see here that she's wise, and she speaks words of wisdom and kindness. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She's not lazy. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. She fears the Lord, and she has a good reputation. And so let's just kind of, I'm not going to address all of these things. I'm going to pull out a couple of things that... Um, I'm going to address today, but I would encourage you as you mentor, um, you know, to use this passage and walk through it with her. Uh, working outside the home, as I said before, is a conviction that I believe that the husband and the wife need to come to and agree upon. Having said that, I do believe that the wife, whether she works outside of the home or whether she doesn't, she needs to anticipate the needs of her family, and it is her responsibility to plan ahead so that the needs of her family are met, such as, um, you know, she should, you know, women today don't sew like they used to. Uh, when I started school, my mother made uh, 10 dresses uh, so that I would have a different dress for uh, every day for two weeks, and, uh, you know, she 
the, the little girl next door, uh, her mother bought all of her dresses. Well, I didn't want the hand-me-down, the, not hand-me-down, the sewn, hand, homemade dresses that my mother made. I wanted a store-bought dress like the little girl next door had, you know. So Daddy took me to Penny's and bought me a store-bought dress. And, of course, I was so proud of that dress. And, you know, I look back on that now, and I think, oh, the work my mother put in making all those dresses. But, you know, uh, women don't sew like they did. But that, beside the point, we need to make sure that we purchase the necessary things and items that our family needs. We need to make sure that they have the things that they need, the clothing that they need. Laundry needs to be done so that the children and your husband have clean clothes to wear to school and to wear to work. We need to tend to the grocery shopping and making sure that there's food in the home uh, for your family and preparing the meals, uh, cleaning the home, um, you know. All of these things are the responsibility of the woman in keeping the house. That's not to say that the husband can't help out with some of those things, but it is the woman's responsibility to take care of those needs. Let us go back to verse 27. It says, She watches over the affairs of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. She's not lazy. She works hard taking care of her home, and taking care of her family. Um, you know, some people are lazy, and some women are lazy. Uh, but what I have observed over time is that people who are lazy are doing something. You know, sometimes we get the idea that, uh, you know, a person that's lazy, you know, they're just not, they don't ever do anything. They just sit around and do nothing. Uh, but, you know, I, I that's not, what I think. I think usually they're doing something, and what they're doing is what they want to do. Uh, what they deem that, you know, that for themselves or um, what they think is fun for them. Um, you know, many women s- uh, stay up late at night um, and then they have a hard time getting up the next morning. Uh, I know several women who are like this. Uh, they'll stay up to three or four o'clock in the morning. You know, playing video games, reading books, you know, whatever, you you know, they're doing, um, they're staying up, you know. And one woman in particular that I, I know that uh, she does this, and uh, she's married, and her husband, you know, he has to get up early in the morning. So he goes to bed usually around 1030. Well, I'll tell you right there, that's the problem right there. She's, if he's going to bed at 1030 and she's staying up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, that's going to be an issue somewhere down the road. It's going to be. Um and then, uh, you know, her husband gets up early in the morning. He wakes up one of the kids that has to go to school. And uh, that child gets up, gets itself ready for school, makes himself some breakfast, goes out and waits for the bus. Uh, there's another child that's a toddler. Well, sometime in the morning, that child wakes up and uh, is, you know, around the house. And then she gets up around 10 o'clock. Um, they never get dressed or, or do anything before 12 o'clock every day. Now, this woman prides herself in the fact that she's a night person. You know, I'm just a night owl. I'm, I, I'm a night, you know, I, you know, I'm a night person. But the reality is she's not a night person. She's lazy and she's selfish. She does what she wants to do and what is best for her rather than what is best for her family. So let me tell you, it is very hard. It is very hard to help someone who is lazy. I will tell you that. It is. It's very hard. Um, an, an, but an excellent wife is not lazy. 
And that's how you need to, to address that, that her desires of her heart has to be to please God rather than herself. And her heart's desire should be to be a blessing to her family and not to herself. And so the next verse that I want us to look at is Proverbs 31 and verse 15. It says, she gets up while it is still night, and she provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. Now, what I want us to see with this is that she gets up early so that she can get her day started off right and that she can be organized and make sure that she's taking care of all of the things that need to be taken care of. You know, being organized is a, makes a huge difference in one's ability to manage the home. And some of us are better at organization than others. Uh, but this is where oftentimes you can help the younger woman by helping her uh, and giving her tips in organization. Um, I counseled a woman uh, one time, and um, her house was an utter disaster. Uh, and, and that's putting it kindly. Um, uh, and it was causing a major, a major issue in her home. Um, major problems between she and her husband. Her husband was angry and to the point that uh, he had threatened to leave her if she did not get things cleaned up and, and, and organized. And uh, she came and, and she cried. She broke down and just cried. And she said to me, I don't even know where to start. And, you know, what I realized is that she needed some organizational skills. She, she just, she needed someone to help her uh, to uh, be able to uh, manage her home. And uh, she had let things go, and they had become such a, a, a mess that it was, she was overwhelmed by it all overwhelmed by it all. And um, I thought, what am I going to do? So I, I helped her to uh, get someone who would come and help her to clean her house and to organize her house and realize that, um, you know, everything needed a place. And if there wasn't a place for it, then it probably needed to go. And, uh, you know, that was sort of difficult uh, for her. But she knew that she had to do this because of the relationship with her and her husband. And so um, she did. But then what, what I knew was that if I didn't help her to develop some organizational skills, uh, that it wouldn't be long that her house would be right back where it was. And so once we sort of got the mess cleaned up, for quite some time, I held her accountable um, I would go over and I would inspect every once in a while. Um, and, but this was for her. She wanted me to do that because this helped her to, to be accountable. And, um, but um, what I realized uh, was that, you know, she would oftentimes start a task and then halfway through she would get distracted. And then she would go start to start doing something else. And she never finished what she started. And it, it, it just, you know, it, it just 
was a mess. And so uh, I think she wasn't lazy. She was not. She, I think if there was anything, maybe she was a little ADD. But, you know, that she just needed some help in that area. And I think a lot of you can, can um, you know, you can relate to this, you know, uh, even myself to some extent. And what I had to teach her was just some skills. Like, for instance, when you get finished with something, you need to put it away right then where it goes. Don't wait. Go put it up and put it where it goes. Every night before you go to bed, you need to walk through the house and you need to pick up anything that's out of its place and put it where it goes. Before you go to bed, before you turn off the light, the last thing you do is make a sweep through the house and put things back where they go. Uh, Every evening that her children were to pick up the toys and put them where they go. There should be a place for those toys and they needed to pick them up before they went to bed and put them in their place. And then, you know, you see, what happens is, and what I saw was happening with her, is that when you don't keep things picked up, uh, then when you get ready to clean your house, then you spend all the time picking up the junk, and you don't have any t- And then by the time you, you get to the, you know, the m- vacuuming and mopping and all of that, you've spent, you know, all your time just trying to pick up stuff. So you've got to keep things picked up and organized as you go so that, you know, when Saturday morning comes, you can spend a little bit of time just vacuuming, you know, clean the bathrooms. You can be through in just a couple hours. And you're not spending all your time trying to pick up stuff. You know, her laundry was piled up. She had piles of clean clothes and piles of dirty clothes. I don't know how she kept up with which was the clean and which was was the dirty. But, you know, to help her to organize and have bins, you know, where, you know, you bin for the whites, bin for the colors, you know. And so she could could keep track of, you know, of her laundry. Um, Pick up her dirty clothes at night. You know, the bathroom would be piled this high with, with dirty clothes. No. Before you go to bed at night, you pick those clothes up and you put them in the bin where they go. Um, In the morning, before you get up, I instructed her, you need to get up 30 minutes before your kids and before your family. Because she was getting up, you know, rushing around. She had no time in the morning to do anything. You know, you need to get up. You need to put on a load of laundry in the morning. One load of laundry. When you get home in the afternoon, take that load of laundry and put it in the dryer. And so you're not doing, you're not, you don't wake up on Saturday morning and have 10 loads of clothes to do. You're doing a little bit along at the time. And so that it doesn't overwhelm you. Because see, she would become overwhelmed with the laundry. She was overwhelmed with her house cleaning. So, you know, um, just trying to help her uh, to become organized and to have, uh, you know, a, a list of things that she was going to do every day when she was going to do those things so that things didn't get, um, you know, such in such a disarray. Uh, I haven't seen her in a long time. Um, she moved away, but last I knew she was doing pretty good. Um, but she had to, you know, as long as she was uh, following, you know, this... Uh, regiment of you know and being uh, uh organized so that the, the idea is that we want to teach our young women to be keepers of the home to anticipate the needs of their family and to care for the needs 
of their family, and that should be their heart. Whether they work outside the home or they don't, that, they are, that their heart is for their family and to make sure that they're tending to the needs of their family. So um, there's probably some other things we can talk about as it relates to being keepers of the home, but I think those are a couple of the things that I've seen that probably uh, is, causes the most problems. Um, and then out, also on week 11, we want to teach uh, the younger woman um, to be kind. Uh, to be kind is translated from the Greek as agathos, which means to be generous, uh, to show generosity through our kind deeds. First Timothy 2, 9 and 10 says, Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modesty, discreetly, not with braided hair and gold, and gold or pearls, but rather by means of good deeds as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. So an example of a good deed uh, might be to uh, take a meal to someone, uh, maybe who's had surgery or who's sick. You know, some of you are awfully good at that with the meal trains. And, you know, just thinking about others and showing your generosity towards others rather than just always thinking of yourself. Um, then uh, maybe send a card, make a phone call to someone who maybe is is struggling in one way or the other that you would could use some encouragement. Um, make sure check on some of the elderly people that maybe a widows that are their pipes wrapped or they're just things that you can do to help them. Uh, and to uh, help others, if go to the grocery store, pick up something for someone. Um, take a friend out to lunch who's have, maybe having a struggling or having a hard time to encourage others. Uh, I, this makes me think about, and some, uh, maybe some of you remember, I don't know, but there was a lady who was a member of our church many years ago. Her name was Willie D. And um, Willie D, um, in her younger days, Willie D was an accountant for Prairie Brothers. But, you know, at this time she was up in age and probably up in her 80s. And, um, and those of you who know Willie D, she looked like a bag lady. <laughs> and she wore all these layers of clothes and she wore like a sock hat, you know. And um, she had one daughter that lived in the Dallas area. And this time she, the daughter was up in her 60s. Um, but um, she lived um, over in the trailer park behind Cherry's Grocery. And she had developed dementia. And so, you know, she doesn't, wasn't always, you know, thinking clear. And, um, you know, from time to time, uh, Willie D, D would lose things. And uh, she would call the church and, and want to know if somebody could come and help her find it. You know, and just things in her house. She would misplace it and lose it, couldn't find it, you know. Um, one of the things that she lost quite often was her teeth. And um, she would call the church and want to know if someone would come over and help her find her teeth, you know. And you know what? Some of the women, you know, were so gracious to go over and, and help her look through all of her stuff and find her teeth, you know. But, you know, and to do that with joy uh, rather than, you know, to be 
put out, you know, about something like that, you know. On several occasions, some of the ladies would take her to a doctor's appointment. Um, but, you know, that's the sort of thing, to just to, to be kind and willing to help others. Um, you know, I know some of the ladies here have gotten together and cleaned the homes of some of our shut-ins. Um, that's showing generosity and kindness. Um, I think one of the ladies that I think of when I think about this is is Ashton Jarvis. Ashton is a very kind person, and uh, she I, I think that Ashley probably has a gift, the gift of mercy, uh, because that's very obvious in uh, the way that she uh, demonstrates kindness to others, and so. All of us, whether we have that gift or not, and I will tell you, I'm, I, as far as having a spiritual gift of mercy, you can ask my family, I probably don't have that gift. Uh, but, um, you know, we should all, in one way or the other, demonstrate kindness and mercy to others. And so you can help uh, your um, uh, disciple look for ways that they can show generosity uh, to others. In the, also, in the way that we speak, our tone of voice, compassionate, loving. Proverbs thirty-one twenty-six says, She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Proverbs sixteen twenty-four says, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. And so kindness is something that in our world today uh, we're in great need of. Uh, why? I think because we get so caught up in ourselves, in our own little world, uh, that we don't think or take the time to show kindness to others. So teach and exhort uh, younger women to be kind and generous. And, and as, as I said before, help them look for ways to demonstrate that kindness. And so that would be on week 11. And then we come to week 12. Now, this should be uh, your final week of discipleship. Unless, um, as you're walking through uh, this study, this 12-week study, you begin to maybe pick up on some things that uh, the young woman is struggling with. And then, if you would like, and if she is agreeable, maybe you can go back and choose a Bible study that uh, speaks to the area of need in her life and maybe just, you know, hone in on that. Um, but basically, this is a 12-week study just uh, to teach uh, younger women the basic principles of godliness. That's what you want to do and what a godly woman looks like. So I always remember the idea is that you're training her so that at some point in her life that she will be able to, to also become a mentor and mentor someone else. So you're, you're teaching her, you're training her with the idea that at some point she is going to come alongside someone else and help them as well.
The subject for week 12 is to be subject to your own husbands to be, or to be submissive to your own husband. This is a, not the, quite the topic uh, that our society today um, wants to talk about, but we're going to teach and you're going to teach the younger woman uh, the doctrine of submission. Remember, we talked about doctrines, our doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of Scripture. This is the doctrine of submission that you're going to be teaching on week 12. And uh, the word for to be subject to is hubatasso in the Greek. Again, it's another compound word meaning to be under or to put in order. Um, This is a military term, uh, and it's used like a ranking or an order in the military. Uh, Like you would have a lieutenant, you would have a a sergeant, a corporal, the private. There are different rankings in the military. So this is how the home should also be ordered. Okay, you have God, you have the husband, you have the wife, you have the children. Each one of these have their own responsibilities. Um, So there are four places in Scripture, in in the New Testament, where the word hubatasso is used. And I've given those to you in your outline. So I'm not going to go through all of those uh, passages, but you should have that in your handout. Um, But I am... uh, and if you have questions about these, always feel free to, to ask me, and I'll help you with those. But I would encourage you to teach through each one of these passages with your disciple. Um, I believe that the issue of submission is important. It is an extremely important issue because that is God's heart for us as women. And, um, and if it is God's heart, it should be our heart. Uh, and I'll, I'm going to preface what I'm going to say today with the fact that the wife is to be subject to her husband in all things, in every detail, unless he is asking her to sin. And then God is the higher authority. Uh we should obey God's rules uh, instead of our husband's rules if those uh, rules are not what is pleasing to God. You say, remember, God is the ultimate authority. Our husband, our husband should be following God's rule, God's um, precepts, and then, and then we follow our husband. Um, but if, if he is asking you to do something like maybe lie or cover up, something. Uh, he's forbidding you to um, teach your children about God. Um, he's asking you to participate in some uh, sinful activity. Those are things that you don't have to submit to your husband in because God's authority supersedes the authority of man. So just keep that in mind. So that's not really what we're going to talk about today. We're going to, you, know, uh, you know, what we teach uh, the younger woman, woman, uh, you know, and how to structure her home uh, as it relates to being submissive to her husband. Um, the husband is to be the head of the home, just as Christ is head of the church. We see this in Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-three, where the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the savior 
of the body. God ordained this concept, this doctrine of submission uh, from the very beginning of time with Adam and Eve. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, God created Adam and gave him rule over the earth and then he created Eve as a helper to him, as a helper to him. Um, Now this doesn't mean that the wife is inferior to her husband. Um, She has just been given a different responsibility and role than her husband has. Think about the military term. Remember the ordering and the ranking. Um, In the military, when a task is, uh, you know, uh, set out to be completed, the lieutenant has a certain responsibility and job that he has to do. The sergeant, the corporal, the private, all of these members have a different responsibility and role to play in getting the task completed. Uh, This is the same principle. The husband is the head of the home. And as I said before, the wife is not inferior to, to the husband. With God, there is no partiality. He says that in Romans 2 and 11. For with God, there is no partiality. God loves and God cares for the woman just the same as he does for the man. However, in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 7 through 9, it says that we find that women were created for the sake of man. But not only for the sake of man, but to bring glory to the man. Uh, And I'll read that. It says, but woman is the glory of man. For man was not made for woman, but woman for man. Neither was man created for the woman, but woman for the man. Now I want to relate this to the Trinity. And I think this makes a, brings it kind of makes it clear more clear to us when we think of it in relationship to the Trinity, God the Father. It was God that established the plan of redemption. It was the Son, Christ, who carried out the Father's plan of redemption. It was the Holy Spirit that enabled Christ to carry out the Father's plan of redemption. And it is the Holy Spirit who empowers us and enables us as women to carry out the will of the Father in our lives. Now, each person in the Trinity has a specific role and a specific responsibility. There's no power struggle with the Trinity. There's only harmony all the time. In the home, the husband has been given the responsibility as the head of the home. Now, what should that look like? Well, the husband should provide leadership in the home. He should influence his family for Christ. The husband's role is to provide physical, provide for the physical and the spiritual needs of his family. He's also to protect his wife and his children physically and spiritually. 
He's to serve his family unconditionally. He's to demonstrate that unconditional love as Christ demonstrates for the church. He's to demonstrate that unconditional love for his family. He's to be a loving companion to his wife so that together they can work together to grow a family. That's the role of the husband in the home. That's what that role looks like. Now, what does the role of the wife look like? She's to manage the household. The wife is expected to serve her family and to tend to the daily needs of her family. Food, clothing, their personal needs. She is to care for the children. She is to respect, to admire, and to honor her husband. If she works outside the home, then she should do it with integrity and with discipline. The scripture says that Jesus came into the world to die on the cross and to pay the sin debt for the entire world. Why? Because this was the will of the Father. In order to do this, he endured great suffering and great agony. So, if we as women are seeking to do the will of the Father, then we should be subjected or subject and be submissive to our husbands because that's the will of the Father. Is that always easy? No, no. But can we, are, can we do it? Sure we can because God enables us to, to do that, to fulfill our role. Um, you know, um, just as Jesus came, when he came, he came to do the will of the Father, not his own will. He didn't come to bring attention to himself. He came to do the will of the Father. And it, it, just as it wasn't about him, it was about the will of the Father. It isn't about us as either. It is about the, the will of God, what is most pleasing to God. It's a heart issue. It's an issue of the heart. And ladies, I'll tell you, I don't understand it all either, but I do know this, that if we're going to please God, we must be obedient to God in all areas of our life. Uh, the idea of submission is a foreign concept in the world that we live in today, in our society, as far as society is concerned. You know, oftentimes um, that we see today the idea of a uh, equal submission. The wife submits to the husband, the husband submits to the wife. Um, that's kind of what is taught, even in churches. That's not the way God lines it, the, the way he established it to be. It is not an equal submission. It's the husband is the head and the leader of the home, and then the wife um, is to be his helper and to take care of the needs of the home. Um, you know, many women today feel like being to be submissive is to be a doormat, uh, to be walked on, to never have a voice, or to you know to be able to p appeal to their husband. That that is not the way that God planned it to be. Uh, there is a right way and a wrong way to appeal to your husband, um, and so we oftentimes need to learn that. Um, and, uh, and, and I'll tell you that, and in, 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 in most men are this way. Um, 
Bo is this way. Uh, and, uh, you know, if I start making demands and putting my, stomping my foot, you know, he wouldn't do it then. It wouldn't matter if it was a good idea. You know, he, he's just not going to do it, you know, because I'm, you know, I worked for a principal that way. And I loved working for him. He was the best principal, best uh, but I'll tell you what, you didn't go in his office and start making any demands because if you did, it was not going to happen. You had to learn how to, you know, and I don't mean manipulate, but you have to learn how to talk to your husbands and to, to communicate in a way uh, that uh, is not, um, you know, not going to, you know, be to your advantage. Um, it should never be a battle of wills between the husband and the wife. Uh, and I'll say this. A godly husband that unconditionally loves his wife and loves his children will desire to know your thoughts and your opinions, and he will value your thoughts and your opinions. He will. And so we don't have to worry about that. You know, if our husbands are following the Lord as he is instructed to do, he's going to want to know what, how you feel about things too. So uh, I don't think we have to, you know, get too upset over that. But at the end of the day, we must be willing to say, whatever you decide, that is what I'll do. You know, and there's been times that I didn't necessarily agree. But at the end of the day, whatever you decide, that's what I'll do. Because you see, ultimately, it's on him. It is on him. He will stand before the Lord, and he will give an account. You know, I'm just to be his helper and to manage the home. And so, um, are, will our husbands make mistakes? Yes. Yes, they will. Because they are human. Their sin nature, you know, we, that we all have. Um, but we're just to support him and to help him be the very best man that he can be for the Lord. We're not his Holy Spirit. We're not there to judge and to, you know, point fingers. Or, um, But we're there to support him and to love him and help him uh, in his... Because that is, a, that is a huge role to be a provider, a protector, to provide the leadership. There's a lot that falls on his shoulders. And so we can help him... Uh, by being an encouragement rather than trying to uh, fight against that. All right. You know, I can't, and you know, you can't nor can I convince anyone of this truth. Um, But it is the Holy Spirit uh, within us that softens our hearts and and enables us to see God's plan uh, for our life. And so I would encourage you in that as you're dealing with the younger women, you know, to just pray for them, to help them, um, to, you know, God would enlighten them and help them uh, to understand how important her role is uh, to her husband uh, in encouraging him and supporting him. Why should we teach this truth? Scripture says, so that the word of God would not be dishonored. Because obeying God's word is more important than having our own way. Because the Holy Spirit, um, you know, we are to um, 
the Holy Spirit can enable us and give us that desire for God's Word to direct our life. But we want to be obedient to God because He is the supreme being, all-knowing, all-powerful God of the universe. And so uh, we want to be faithful in teaching this truth and the doctrine of submission. So um, that would complete your 12 uh, weeks of discipleship. And, that, you know, it, 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 this is a lot of material to go through in 12 weeks. Uh, but uh, I think that at the end of this, that uh, you will see that uh, digging into this for 12 weeks with a younger woman, you will build such a bond together and um, it, it, it will it'll, it'll impact your life as a mentor uh, as much or more than it will her life as the one being mentored. So um, these are just basic truths that all women, godly women, should know and should be um, demonstrating in their life. So anybody have any questions or anything you want to ask in regard to um, any of the material? Always feel free to ask me. I know I've, I've normally done this, this teaching in about seven weeks, and now we've done it in four, so I've, I've had to leave out things, but I think you get the idea. And, but if you have questions, always feel free to, to ask me. I'll be glad to, to help you and to talk through any of this with you. But what I will ask you today If you are interested, and I'll say, I think some came in after I said this, interested in being a part of a formal mentoring ministry, uh, I would like for you to sign your name. I'll just leave it up here. If you'll come up and sign your name, then I will get with you and we'll set uh, a meeting. And what I'll do is just kind of go over some guidelines with you, and then we would like to get a photo. And we will, on our women's ministry page, we'll have a, a, a picture photo of each of our ladies who are interested in being a mentor. I'll just put a couple of sentences, a little uh, information about you, and uh, so that anyone who would like to have a mentor can go on to the women's ministry page. They can see a list of the women who are mentoring, and they can contact one of those women. And what we will do is if you are already mentoring someone and you can't, you don't have time for anyone else, then we will indicate that on the website, like you're full. But if it's, if you're open, then, you know, so all anything I would need for you to do is just to let me know if you are available or not. If you are available, then, you know, we'll indicate that. And if you're not, you know, we'll just say she's full at this time. That'll be the only thing I'll need to do. And then once you open up again, you know, if you've been mentoring, then I can go back in and change that. So um, if you are interested, if you'll just come up and sign sign this, uh, put your name here, then I'll get back with everyone. And hopefully we can get this up and going on our website in the next month or so and have that ready to go. So thank you again for um, 
coming and participating in this. This was a real joy uh, for me to teach through this material and to the idea of having so many women that would be interested in participating in this ministry. So let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for your word. I thank you for how your word impacts our life and changes us and grows us and enables us to become more pleasing to you. I pray, Lord, for the women of our church. I pray that you would give them a burning desire in their hearts to live their lives in a way that honor and glorify you and that they would have a desire to pour into other women so that we as a group of women here at Kelty's First Baptist Church can have an awesome impact for the kingdom of God. Lord, I thank you for each one of these women that are here today. I thank you for their ministries, for their just their uh, their their love for you, and I pray that you would bless each one as you see fit. You know the, the needs in each one of these ladies' lives, and Lord, I pray that you would uh, just uh, give them the things that they are in need of. Lord, forgive us of our sins of our, and our failures, and we ask all of these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.